out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Green. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Dunder Mifflin, the people, persons, paper people. Dunder Mifflin, the people, persons, paper people. Time out, time out, time out. Paper people. It's Christmas in June. Cause in the office episode we're covering today, it's Christmas time. That's right. Season two, episode ten. Yes, ten. Of what, the episode, office. what episode overall of the podcast though? That's the important one. Don't say it. Wow, you're just really <laughs> you're just really gung ho about it now. You were originally the one that wanted to nix it. I know, and then I accidentally said it, so now I feel like I'm just doing my due diligence to keep bringing it up. Yes, episode 16, overall. Damn it. Of the show and the podcast. Cut. Nope. Cut it all. We're Start over. It. Nope. We're keeping it. We need new hoes. <laughs> Pimps, maybe. So yeah, Christmas party. First Christmas party episode. It's a big one. It's funny, because Carrie and I just watched a show with a Christmas episode, and uh, I had already been singing... Or not singing, but like whistling and humming, we wish you a Merry Christmas, because I had that stuck in my head after doing the outline for this. What show was it? I don't remember. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember. But uh, <laughs> she was going crazy between the show and, and my whistling. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving myself crazy, to be honest. But Yeah. yeah sometimes it happens. Indeed. It's catchy. It just gets stuck. Yeah. You just got to let it play out. It's true. How you been, man? Good. Busy. Busy, busy. Yep. About to move. Moving so time. Fix my elevator. That's right. Yep. It was funny as my apartment manager, well, at least listen to some of this. <laughs> oh, that's right. So if he still keeps listening, eventually he'll hear my, my critique. <laughs> Not that it is his fault or anything. If anything, he seems pretty great so far. Is this the, have you talked to him about it? Is this, is this a, a common occurrence? Hopefully not. I didn't ask him that. I hope not. But uh, I did ask if it'll be fixed by the time my stuff's supposed to be delivered tomorrow. And he said, hopefully, but he doesn't want to promise since it's not fixed yet. Yeah. So I figure I just spoke to one delivery service and uh, yeah, I'm just going to have to wake up early and see if it's fixed. And if not, call and schedule for another time and go from there. True. Yep. So it goes. So it goes indeed. Yeah. Well, I... Dragon ass today because I was at a wedding. Oh, yeah. On a Sunday. How was that wedding, even though I kind of heard from Carrie earlier? Note to self, <laughs> don't throw a wedding on a Sunday. Yeah? Everybody there had to work in the morning, so... Yeah, that seems like a really terrible time for a wedding. Yeah. Everyone's watching how much they drink, because... Is that know. the day you do it, if you, like, are Christian, or they... Oh, man. Really Christian? Is that how it goes? It's very, Maybe. very Christian okay. service. So that makes sense for the Sunday. I suppose. I also feel like they probably did that as a means to cut costs on the venue. Mm. I'd imagine it's not as expensive to use their facilities on a Sunday as compared to a Saturday. That makes sense, too. Yeah. But, I mean, I had a good time. I don't know what Carrie told you, but... She said she wanted to kill herself the whole no. time. No, I'm just kidding. No, she said it was quick. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, not thrilled that for some reason I just, it was one of those nights I experienced this once in a blue moon where I'll drink a good amount and then 
when I go to go to sleep that night, I just can't. Oh, yeah. I'm like tired and I'm laying there and I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't happen until like three or four in the morning. I hate when that happens. And then I had to get up at 6.30 to go into work. So Oof. If, I, if I start getting boring here, you're going to have to <laughs> liven things up for our listeners. <laughs> So I'm off the hook. You gotta, you gotta keep me going here, Dan. You're the one who wrote the outline for this episode. <laughs> well, you're like I'm mostly off the hook. <laughs> well, I'm saying you gotta, you're on the hook for keeping me lively. Oh, it sure is a good thing I brought that vape pen. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, why don't we jump into the episode? We have no news this week. No news, paper people. No we, news is good news, is what they say. So that is what they say. Good news. We can just move right on. We had some gossip stories. We mulled around. Yep. Trying to decide if we were gonna use those, and we did not. You know what we should do? What for weeks like this? We should find out if we can get our hands on that software. You know that like AI that we've seen. Like you can make videos of like Trump and Putin saying things that they never said that look very convincing and right. Just see if we can use that, but like on office cast members to get something newsworthy. You know, we can start off the show saying this week Steve Carell announced that uh, he's going to nuke Japan unless his demands are met. <laughs> that software is terrifying. Yeah. And we are not ready for it. Frankly, I'm surprised that it's taken this long for that software to be made. I mean, and it makes me wonder like, has it or is now the time that they're just like, yeah, let people know about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's very possible. Yeah. I saw something. Uh, Samsung, I think, is going to incorporate this into their new phones where they can take a still image, preferably a series of still images of a person, and then can just animate them, you know, just sitting idly, but kind of looking around, moving their head, breathing, and it looks insanely real. Wow. Yeah. They took... Uh, there was one that was a painting of a woman, and all of a sudden she became animated and looked very lifelike. Whoa. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Hopefully, eventually, the software progresses to the point where they can like talk. Right. So we just have photographs like the Harry Potter world. Exactly. Yeah. Kinda live in that world. That'd be great. Yeah. That would, uh, as long as you can mute the photos. Yeah. And there's AI incorporated, so they do just talk to you. And right. Just, hey, you got a new sweater. Looks horrible. <laughs> That's enough of you, George Washington, you big jerk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't currently have any portraits of George Washington hanging up, but I wonder it's if, possible one could. I wonder if that will affect your decisions of the art you put up in your house. Yeah. <laughs> Abstract art can't criticize you throughout the day. Yeah. Unless it can. <laughs> right. Maybe it'll, you know, kind of swish around until it forms a semblance of a face and starts talking to you Ooh, yeah it sounds fun it does i feel like now we're getting into like 80s fake future territory <laughs> like this is what it's gonna be like for sure you sit at the bar and you order a pepsi and a hole in the counter opens up and the pepsi just comes right up for you <laughs> or like fifth element where you just have a cup in a station and it fills it up from the bottom yeah I don't even know when Fifth Element's supposed to take place. I feel like Fifth Element is thousands of years into the future. Yeah. I was going to say maybe a different universe, but they do. They are on Earth. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Or at least several hundred. Right. At the very least. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. Yes. Away from sci-fi into workplace comedy. <laughs> <laughs> 
So today we're covering Season 2, Episode 10, The Christmas Party. It aired on December 6th, 2005, written by one Michael Schur, and directed by one Charles McDougal. This Who's is this Charles McDougal character? This is the first episode we've covered directed by Charles. Before we move into his bio, I just want to mention that this episode was viewed by 9.7 million people. We're gaining traction. Holy moly, that's 1.6 million more than last episode. Wow. We're almost breaching that 10 million mark. Yeah. So let's talk about Charles McDougal. Let's, let's do. He's an Emmy Award and BAFTA winning director. What is the BAFTA again? I've um, heard of it. British Academy of Film. Ah, British Academy of Film and Television Arts. (laughs) All right. Now we know. Yep. Uh, He won his Emmy for Best Director of a Comedy Series for his work on Desperate Housewives. Okay. He's directed episodes of Queer as Folk, Sex in the City, The Tudors, and Good Behavior. Huh. He's also an occasional director and executive producer, along with Ridley Scott and others, on The Good Wife. Interesting. Yeah. Which I read is a show about a woman who's married to a senator, but she's carved out a career as like a district attorney. Mm. Something like that. It's like a law drama. Law political drama. Doesn't it star Jean Grey from the original X-Men movies? I don't remember her name. Famke Janssen? Famke Janssen. I believe. Oh man! Remember when Goldeneye came out? I was yeah, I was obsessed with her because I was like twelve years old and who was she? In she that? was, oh, was uh, she Xenia or something? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, that was Fomka. I never realized that was her. That was I mean, my... right when you brought up Goldeneye, I knew immediately who she was right. in it. But yeah, yeah, I never, I don't think I ever heard of her until yeah. then. So well, or even then, I guess. I believe around that time, I had just gotten cable internet. So ah. I was probably <laughs> doing many an image search for her. Was image searching even a thing that existed around the time of Goldeneye? You'd like ask Jeeves, like pictures of Famka Jansen, <laughs> probably. please. And it like gives you like, you know, the third picture is yeah. like John Goodman for some reason, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I, was prob- I was probably using Yahoo mostly at that point. Yahoo. That makes sense. I had graduated to Yahoo from web crawler. Webcrawler. I never used Yahoo or Webcrawler. Whoa. I think I started with Ask Jeeves and then moved on to AltaVista. Uh, I never used AltaVista. Huh. Yeah. I used Ask Jeeves here and there. I feel like for any query I had that I could only form in the f- structure of a question. You didn't have to ask it real quick. I mean, I know that. <laughs> but for whatever reason, <laughs> I used Ask Jeeves whenever I had a search. Gotcha. That was like that. I remember I used Dogpile, too. I never used that. Yeah. And they had a feature where you can see people's like live searches like if you clicked on one of their tabs Whoa. on the page. That's crazy. Yeah, some of them were really funny, too. I bet there were some really messed up ones as well. Yeah, I would imagine it had some rudimentary censorship for what people could see so that they didn't see like stuff with certain keywords. Fair enough. But I remember some of them were really funny and spoke to the kind of Wild West nature of the internet and people not understanding how it worked. I remember seeing a lot of searches for like variations of the phrase like pictures of my neighbor naked. Oh my god. <laughs> Just like how is a website going to be like, "Oh, you live here. <laughs> right. Your neighbor's this person and like here's a bunch of nudies of her for whatever reason." Right. Just have those. <laughs> here you go. That's ridiculous. 
Yeah, but I guess people are just like, the internet seems like it could do anything. Can I see my neighbor naked? I wonder how many of those people then got suckered into signing up for some like weird like oh. hot singles in your area website and then Yeah. Yeah. Probably a good amount. Probably. Yeah. Back to Charles McDougal. Yeah. <laughs> this all has to do with Charles McDougal. Yes. Whoever's listening, we're bringing it back around. <laughs> uh some of the standout office episodes he directed include Dwight's speech, conflict resolution, and the shareholder meeting. Ooh. And he does some more in the later seasons, but they didn't stand out to me necessarily. So Fair enough. Those are my favorites of his. Let's put it that way. Those are some great episodes. They are. We start with a cold open. Michael walks through the entrance to the office, holding the top end of a pine tree. Dwight is behind him, telling him to push it through. Just, <laughs> just shove it. Just shove it through. Really, really shove it. <laughs> Michael sees that they're about to strip all of the branches from the tree. So they back it up into the elevator area and flip it around. Yep. This time we see Dwight come through the door first, holding the bottom of the tree. This is a massive tree, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> They're really struggling. Michael warns him not to break off any of the branches, and Dwight says he has a splinter. Michael tells him to suck it up. We all have problems. <laughs> Dwight gets the stump leveraged on the ground, kind of by Stanley's desk, and tells Michael to push it straight up. Everyone's looking at the tree. Mm-hmm. Most are skeptical about whether or not it's going to fit. Stanley, most of all, I feel like. <laughs> He's just got a look on his face like, this is ridiculous. And uh, sure enough, the tree goes through a ceiling tile and hits the tile framing before it's fully upright. And it's like just in the ceiling. In the ceiling, yeah. yeah. And still holding the tree up at an angle, Michael looks out at everybody and proclaims, Merry Christmas! With a grin of pride on his face. <laughs> After the opening credits, we see... Kevin chopping off the top of the tree with a flatbed paper trimmer. Yep. <laughs> repeatedly slamming the arm down onto the, onto the, the top. I like that Kevin's the, the one that they're making do it, too. <laughs> yeah. It was probably his idea. Yeah. You know? Michael's like, is it working? Kinda. <laughs> I feel like it's not hard to remove the arm on those. It would have been probably or more just effective. Use it as like, like a machete or yeah, something. Yeah, and just yeah. hack at it instead of, you know, trying to just clamp it or, you know, mm-hmm. trim it down with the trimmer and the flatbed attached. I'm also surprised Dwight didn't just grab his axe or something. Yeah, he's got weapons strewn yeah, throughout the office. Some kind of a sword. Yeah. Tomahawk, anything. I mean, maybe he knows that only in emergencies can he use them or else... <laughs> We'll have them all taken away like they were after they were discovered. Maybe. I'm sure it didn't take them long to repopulate the office with weapons in different spots. Mm-hmm. So Michael walks out and says, is it working? Kevin says, sort of. Holds up the top of the tree. Kevin asks, why'd you get it so big? <laughs> Michael says, A, that's what she said. <laughs> B, I wanted it to be impressive. It's the biggest day of the year. It deserves the biggest tree of the year. Kevin asks what they're going to do with the top of the tree, and Michael says, it's a perfectly good mini tree, so we'll sell it to charity. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas is all about. I love how he phrases that we're going to sell it to charity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then the camera pans over to Kevin, and he's kind of holding the top of the tree as if it's a severed head. Mm -hmm. He's presenting to a king of sorts. I don't know. That's just how I... No, it is. It is a weird... He's in a weird, like, pose. Yeah. Weird expression. I feel like, honestly, 
it would have made more sense to me if they cut like half of Dwight and Michael trying to get the tree in through the front door and then like put Kevin and the top of the tree and holding up the little tree like as all part of the cold open. I feel like it would have been a more effective cold open Mm. in my opinion. As far as cold opens go, it, it felt like a little light to me. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And with Kevin just posing like that, it just felt like it would be a natural. Well, we're actually past yeah. the cold open. At this oh, point. no, I know. But yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. I feel like it would have made sense to oh. cut half the cold open and then put this scene in the in cold it. open. I see. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So we get a transition clip of Dwight cleaning up a ton of pine needles that are on the ground with a dustbuster. This was obviously a job that was much more suited for a proper vacuum, but makes well, they it probably f- don't have something like that. Makes it funnier, I guess, because yeah. he's walking very slowly, crouched down, trying to pick up all the pine needles. So we get a talking head with Jim. Super excited this year because he got Pam for Secret Santa. Mm-hmm. He got her a teapot because he knows she really wants tea while she's at her desk. So he's going to stuff it with inside jokes. Yep. Kind of personalize the gift. Proceeds to put in a cassette tape. You don't know anything about where that comes from or what it yeah, is. Yeah, what's on it. Yeah. Uh, his high school yearbook photo. Which I wondered, where did he get that? Like, So did he or his parents like order a bunch of prints and then somehow held on to them for like 17 years? Or did he just snip it out of the book? Or he could have just photocopied the page and cut it out of that. I guess that could be. It looked like it was photo stock, though. Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. I feel like it's, if anything, just impressive that his family still had those this can, many years later. I can guarantee you my mom still has mine. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my mom probably does still have mine, too, but I highly doubt she'd be able to get them or find them. Mm. My mom takes photos very seriously. Uh, She's going to listen to this and be very embarrassed. Really? Is that embarrassing? She's, I mean, any mention of her to a degree, not, you know. Don't be upset, but... We love you. (laughs) (laughs) We do. What else does he put in there? A boggle timer. Yes. A hot sauce packet, because she put hot sauce on her hot dog a couple years ago, thinking it was ketchup. Mm Mm-hmm. So Jim kept the other two hot sauce packets, and he's putting one in the teapot, which means to me that he really wants to keep that other one for... sentimental value i never said jim wasn't a big weirdo creep kind of is (laughs) a mini golf pencil and we don't get an explanation for that until season nine no uh and a card wait in season nine we get an explanation for that yeah remember it's in the video he cuts pam oh Mm -hmm. huh and he gets a card that obviously carries a lot of weight for him because when he brings it up his tone changes and he kind of Mm-hmm. uncomfortably squirms in his chair a little bit and he says the card is because christmas is the time to tell people how you feel so we cut to the party planning committee in the conference room angela's very serious about this party obviously is the head of the committee she asks phyllis if she got the lights phyllis says she got the little cute ones and second guesses herself because angela doesn't seem happy so she asks angela should I have gotten the bigger ones? And Angela replies, we'll see. And it rolls her eyes. Mm-hmm. And the camera pans over to Ryan. We get a talking head with Ryan about how Angela drafted him into the committee. He got a memo that said, we need to prepare for every possible disaster. It seems a little excessive. Ryan finds a little excessive. And we get our first clip. Michael 
entering the conference room to go over the Christmas party with the PPC. Merry Christmas! Ho, 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 pimp! <laughs> I'm kidding! What do we got? What do we got? How many uh, plates are we getting? Fifty. Ooh, double it. Double everything. Double ice cream, double napkins, double it. On me. It was I a tough year. I had to fire somebody this year. Yeesh. This party has to really rock. Check it out. Christmas bonus, 3,000 Gs. I got this for helping save the company money. So I guess some good came out of firing Devin after all. Maybe I should call him, tell him that. I want people to cut loose. I want people making out in closets. <laughs> I want people hanging from the ceilings, lampshades on the heads. I want it to be a Playboy Mansion party. And also, I want you to know and spread the word that I will have my digital camera and I'll be taking pictures all along the way. And the best and craziest thing that happens will be on the cover of the newsletter. Incentive. You do realize that we can't serve liquor at the party. Yeah, I know. Damn it. Stupid corporate wet blankets. Like booze ever killed anybody. <laughs> it's funny to me that he opens up asking how many plates we got. Yeah. Like, what a weird thing to Double ask it. about. Yeah. What is he going to do with 100 plates? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Of all the things they could get more of. Like, why is plates the necessity? Yeah. <laughs> I also love when he grabs Phyllis and Angela's head and, like, tries to squeeze them together as he talks about people making out with each other. <laughs> of all the people he could have done that with. Yep. <laughs> They're just the people who were there. Yeah. <laughs> I also love the 3,000 Gs. That he talks about in the bonus check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would come out to $3 million. Of course. It's <laughs> good stuff. I also love that he points out Angela, Phyllis, and Pam as the hoes, but Meredith is also in the room and she doesn't get one. Yeah. Maybe he lumps her into the pimp category with Ryan. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. It's party prep time. We cut to Kevin and Oscar struggling to move Stanley's desk. It's funny to me because the monitor is still plugged in and on. Yep. <laughs> you can see what's going on in Stanley's computer. They're still trying to move the desk, which would well, not be good. Unplug the monitor. Right. Knock it over, probably. Maybe turn off the computer, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just me. And while they're doing this, Stanley's in the background just, like, eating snacks, watching them move his desk. Yep. He's <laughs> very delighted to be just be doing that. Dwight suggests, hey, you guys should use a hand truck. And Oscar asks, do we have a hand truck? Dwight's <laughs> like, no. <laughs> we also see Angela in the break room with Pam. Angela's struggling to get a tablecloth across the table. Tries a couple times as Pam just kind of watches her. Mm -hmm. And Angela asks for help. And I assume Pam helps her, but it's funny that Pam... <laughs> Doesn't take the social cue to help after the first time she tried to spread it across. To be fair, it's not that big a table. I don't know what the problem no. is that she was having with it's that probably because she's short. Yeah. You know, if you can't get the lift, you're not going to get it across the table. I also feel like, to defend Pam's honor, Pam, I defend your honor. <laughs> if I had a coworker like Angela that I was watching have a difficulty do something, I would probably just kind of sit there smirking watching them. Oh, yeah. Have a difficult time doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. And I may or may not help them if they ask me to help them. <laughs> if they're like Angela. Yeah, it's true. 
Uh, and now we get a scene with Daryl and Dwight in Michael's office. No, no way. It no. Come on, Mike. Let just, me borrow a hat for just a couple hours. You want to be Santa? Yeah. Have you ever seen Santa? Yeah, I've seen Santa. Okay. Who cares? Well, I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. Michael, I would like to be the elf. That makes sense because he has elfish features. Okay, everyone, listen up. It is time to get your presents, wrap them, and place them under the tree, like so. If you do not get your present wrapped and under the tree within the next five minutes, you will be disqualified from Secret Santa. All right? No exceptions, except Michael. (laughs) I love how after Dwight's exception... You get like the shot of Michael in his office just struggling with the scotch tape and the wrapping paper. (laughs) (laughs) And Dwight kind of looks over his shoulder to check on Michael's progress before he accepts him. (laughs) I also like that he feels like he has to time it down to the second before people are disqualified. I mean, I think he's just doing it to exert some small amount of nonsense power over people it's true why does he have to time it at all i know (laughs) why would anything disqualify (laughs) someone from being involved in a secret santa so we get a talking head from toby talking about what he got angela and it's a poster of babies dressing as adults that's what she likes this particular poster is a couple of babies playing jazz yep felt kind of weird buying it (laughs) (laughs) And I love how he delivers that line because you really get the sense that he felt like a creep in the store buying that in person. I mean, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I would. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very strange. Maybe he could have explained to them that it uh, makes him feel like God has a sense of humor and uh, the babies are the true artists. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so from here, we get a talking head from Oscar. He got Creed as his secret Santa. He doesn't know anything about Creed except his name, and that he works right over there. Thinks he's Irish, so he got him a shamrock keychain. And I looked it up. The name Breton is associated with families from Scotland and Northern Ireland. Makes sense. Yeah. Sounds Scottish-Irish. It does. I also saw someone on Reddit pointed out that, um, I want to say it's in season six or seven, we see a shot of Jim leaving the office, and he's using that exact shamrock keychain he's got it in his hands with his car keys oh he does have it uh at the end of the swap oh yeah he ends up with the keychain i didn't even he's trying to trade attention to that he's trying to trade it with dwight for the teapot right yeah and dwight dwight doesn't do the trade so yeah jim did end up with that nice from here we get a talking head with kevin kevin got himself free secret santa he was supposed to tell somebody, but he didn't. <laughs> and then he grins. Then we see Michael sidle up to Jim at his desk, asks if he got something good for his secret Santa. Jim says he thinks he did all right. Michael says he got something awesome for his guy, because he dropped a lot of dough on his gift. A lot of dough. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jim informs him that there was a limit to how much they could spend. And Michael says that he just wanted this Christmas to be really special, really awesome, and asks Jim who he got. (laughs) Jim says, I can't tell you that because it's a secret, and you shouldn't tell me either. Like a Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) 
before Jim can finish, <laughs> Michael cuts him off and says, yeah, I got Ryan. <laughs> so Dwight makes the announcement that secret Santa is about to begin. Stanley picks up the plug for the tree lights, and Dwight immediately protests. Says he was going to plug the cord in for safety reasons. Stanley tells Dwight that he knows how to plug it in. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> Dwight just takes the cord from Stanley's hand and says, I want to do it. <laughs> Michael takes out his camera and begins the countdown. Rockefeller Center style. Three, two, one. No, not great. <laughs> <laughs> they turn on the lights and it's seemingly just a single strand of little twinkle lights <laughs> sparsely spread around the tree. Phyllis apologizes to everyone, and Pam comforts Phyllis and says she thinks it looks nice. Dwight offers to get road flares from his car. <laughs> Michael says, no, no, shake it off, everybody. Let's just do Secret Santa. We get a talking head with Michael explaining that Christmas presents are great because you can give someone a tangible thing, point at it, and say, hey, man, I love you this many dollars worth. <laughs> Now it's time to pass out gifts. Oscar's first. He gets a shower radio. It says, neat. Kelly says it was from her. He goes to properly thank her. Dwight cuts him off. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. Jim. He tosses Jim a tied-up plastic shopping bag. Jim opens it to find a beige plaid shirt. Creed chimes in and says, that was for me. Jim asks where he got it. Creed says, uh, I don't know. I got it so long ago. <laughs> and here we get a clip. He obviously forgot to get me something. And then he went into his closet and dug out this little number. And then threw it in a bag. Yep, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a classic office moment. Yeah. Just one of those ones that sticks out to me. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Pam's up next. Jim watches intently in anticipation of recognition of the awesomeness that is his gift. She opens it, and she's very happy with the teapot. Mm -hmm. And Jim goes to explain that there's more to it, but Dwight's just keeping the gift given rolling. Yep. Cuts him off. Cuts him off. Tosses Ryan his gifts, kind of haphazardly, but no more haphazardly than the other gifts he's Michael been throwing around. Michael freaks out, though. <laughs> Michael has, like, a little conniption fit. He's just like, oh, oh, oh. You got me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ryan catches it, though, opens the gift, and says, whoa, video iPod. Michael says, oh, jeez. Oh, Somebody got really carried away with the spirit of Christmas. That was me. I, I got carried away with the spirit. <laughs> uh, Ryan asks about the $20 limit. This is $400. Well, you don't know that. <laughs> you left the price tag on it. It's right here. <laughs> what? Oh, shoot. Wow. Okay. Well, who cares? Doesn't matter what I spent. What matters is that Christmas is fun, right? So Michael's up next <laughs> and is about to completely disregard his previous statement. He picks up a very strangely oblong <laughs> gift. Yes. 
Another, it almost looks like it's like a dog bone, like a long, thin dog exactly. bone that's wrapped in Just wrapping paper. Another example of this awful wrapping. Yeah, very strange. Yeah. He opens the package, and he finds an oven mitt, and he's bummed. Yep. <laughs> as far as oven mitts go, too, I love. I feel like they made it look as bad as possible. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I even know what that pad that you use to pick up hot things is supposed to be. It looks like it's just styrofoam or black felt. Yeah. And it's not even sewed into the glove. It's just, it, it looks like it's glued on top yeah. of it. I don't know what With it like is. like a glue stick. Yeah. yeah. It looks it, it very does, bad. It does look flimsy. <laughs> but Phyllis is proud of it because she knitted it for him. Yep. Michael immediately just storms out, throws his Santa hat onto the reception area couch. <laughs> And has a little talking head moment with the camera crew in the elevator area. Says Phyllis, Phyllis is basically saying, hey, Michael, I know you did a lot to help the office this year, but I only care about you a homemade oven mitt's worth. <laughs> I mean, I got Ryan an iPod. <laughs> Back to the circle, Kevin asks, should we continue opening gifts? Well, it says, we don't do anything until Michael gets back. And Michael comes back. I got it. We are going to turn Secret Santa into Yankee Swap. What is Yankee Swap? One person chooses a gift. The next person can either choose a gift or steal that person's gift. If your gift gets stolen, then you can steal someone else's gift or choose a new gift. I thought that was called Nasty Christmas. Yeah, we call it White Elephant. Well, I call it fun. Why are we doing this? Because it's better, because it's more special. It sounds mean. Shut it. No, it's not. Okay, just give it a shot. Michael should have asked the party planning committee first. He's not supposed to just spring things on us out of nowhere. Okay, Meredith is up first. Here's the deal. You can either pick a new gift or you can steal somebody else's gift they've already gotten, like the oven mitt. I'll take the teapot. Oh, shouldn't we? About that specifically for Pam. Yankee swap! That's what makes it fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Michael's delivery, or rather Steve Carell's delivery on some of these lines is so great. Yeah. I love the when Angela says it sounds mean. He's just like, shut it. (laughs) <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it like he does. No, I feel like he uses that same delivery of that line like a bunch of times for the series. Yeah. It's always great. It just is. It's very exasperated, just yeah, like the true ex- <laughs> just tired, irritated Michael shining through for right. like, shot it. I know. I know. It's so good. <laughs> he uses it on Stanley a number of times. <laughs> yeah. And I love the Yankee swap. That's what makes it fun. <laughs> It's also worth mentioning in the middle of that clip after Angela talked about Michael springing it on her that she starts crying. Yeah, she kind of breaks down and silently. Very emotional. Tears up for a minute. Poor Angela. I know. And yeah, I've never heard of Yankee Swap. I definitely have played White Elephant with people, though. Yeah, I think this episode did a good job covering all the variations Mm -hmm. in naming. It's all the same thing. I never heard of Nasty Christmas before this episode. Yeah, no, neither had I. But it is a thing. That is what some people call it. Oh, really? They call it Nasty Christmas? I always assume that was just Jim being, I mean, not wrongfully judgmental. Right, no. that's Yeah, some people call it that. Interesting. Yeah. So from here, Pam steals the iPod from Ryan 
because she just had the teapot stolen from her. Ryan decides to open a new gift, and he does. And it's a nameplate with Kelly's name on it, <laughs> adorned in multicolored flowers and a cutesy font and a pink background. Yep. Stanley says that was meant for Kelly. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> and while this is happening, Pam's checking out the iPod specs. Jim looks over and is not happy about how things have transpired. Nope. <laughs> Michael looks around all excited, his eyebrows raised. Says, I think this is going great. <laughs> uh, we cut to snow outside and we see Christmas lights lighting up the windows of the office. Mm -hmm. We come back. Kelly's opening her gift. It's a poster of babies playing jazz. She says, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Toby explains it's for Angela. Kelly says, that's like the creepiest thing I've ever seen. And Angela's kind of like looking from her chair fondly to see more of the poster. Mm -hmm. And now it's her turn. And she takes the poster from Kelly. So Some people like these. <laughs> and Kelly takes her turn and steals the iPod. We get a talking head with Michael in the break room. <laughs> he says, everyone wants the iPod. It's a huge hit. It's almost a Christmas miracle. And he's still holding the oven mitt as he says this. Yep. <laughs> and in an attempt to really sell the oven mitt for Oscar's turn, he says, well, Oscar, you little gourmand, <laughs> you have the next turn. <laughs> Oscar decides to take the teapot from Meredith. And Meredith attempts to take the iPod, but Dwight informs her that it had already been stolen that round. Michael looks at the oven mitt and starts talking it up. Talking up his craftsmanship. Yeah. How much care went into making it. You see Phyllis just looks miserable. Yeah, she's a little perturbed. She's like hanging her head in sadness and shame at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Phyllis. So as a way, as a means to shut Michael up about this oven mitt that he's been trying to push on people, Meredith takes the bullet. I think it was not because Michael was going on about it. It was because of Phyllis. The, before she takes the oven mitt, she looks over at Phyllis and sees how miserable she looks. And right. then, you know, and her tone, too, is like a very soft, gentle. Well, that's what I mean. This, yeah. To shut up Michael so that he's not uh, okay. hurting Phyllis's feelings I, I anymore. I misinterpreted what you were saying. Yeah. And from here, we get a clip of Michael's reaction. To, oh, nice. To Meredith taking <laughs> I love the, the oven mitt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the oven mitt. <laughs> See, I wanted somebody to take it. Boom. Reverse psychology. Reverse psychology is an awesome tool. I don't know if you guys know about it, but basically you make someone think the opposite of what you believe, and that tricks them into doing something stupid. Works like a charm. In addition to these paintball pellets, your gift includes two paintball lessons with Dwight Schrute. You and me, Michael, yes! Who wants to take paintball lessons? How is that better than an iPod? I never said it was better than an iPod. <laughs> I love it. You don't, you don't really hear it in the clip, but 
after Dwight says, I never said it was better than an iPod, Michael takes Dwight's elf ears off yeah, and throws, throws them, them into his face. face. <laughs> oh. I also love that as Michael's opening the gift and Dwight sees that it's his gift and Michael's reading the card that comes with it, Dwight's face is just getting more and more excited yep. to like <laughs> high five Michael and give him these paintball lessons. That's hilarious. I like that even though he never said it was better than iPod, uh, than an iPod, as we'll hear in a moment, he definitely does think it's better than an iPod. <laughs> yes, so we get a talking head with Dwight. It's upset that everyone thinks the iPod is the best gift when paintball lessons with someone as experienced as him is worth like two grand. <laughs> and then we get a shot of Dwight outside. I think he's standing behind a car with his paintball gun kind of like on top of the car to mm -hmm. steady it. And he's shooting at a, a still target that's maybe 20 feet away. <laughs> he says, take that, Saddam. <laughs> so we cut back to the circle. It's time for the last gift. It's Kevin's turn. He wants the foot bath that Pam has ended up with. Pam hands it over. And she steals the iPod again, this time from Kelly. Jim asks if she's sure she doesn't want the teapot. Pam says, I mean, it's an iPod. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Jim feigns understanding. He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, definitely, yeah. Uh, we get a talking head from Kevin. The foot bath is what he bought for himself. He's really psyched to use it. <laughs> and then he realizes, maybe I should have taken the iPod. Oh, Oh, shoot. <laughs> you ever used a foot bath? No, but I bought one for Carrie's mom last Christmas, I believe. Did she ever talk about using oh, it? Oh, she loves it. Really? Oh, yeah. Big has fan. She, has she ever accidentally dropped her cold cuts into it as she's piling them up on her sofa? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't, do you know what I'm referencing Oh, yeah, there? yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure you don't think that I'm weirdly alluding to if Carrie's mother... Piles up cold cuts on her couch next to her foot bath. <laughs> it seems like it would be pretty. I've never used or even thought about using a foot bath, but it does seem like something that would probably be pretty nice. Yeah. And I mean, the bottoms of my feet are, I don't know about you, but are like pretty hard and callous. I imagine a foot bath would kind of help out with that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Should look into it. Although maybe I don't want help with that. Maybe it's better if you're going to be barefoot at any point for your feet to be calloused up so you can do that without getting all cut up yeah i mean the skin doesn't get less tough necessarily just softer yeah and it's only brief soft and strong yeah i don't know i've never really used one so i'm kind of talking out of turn here yeah we'll add it to the list <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> perfect so kelly had the ipod it was taken from her so now it's her turn and she takes a book of short stories from Dwight. And Dwight, in turn, excitedly takes the teapot from Oscar. Yep. And says gracias as he takes it. <laughs> well, that's very polite. Just a little... I don't know if it's... Is that casual racism? I mean, kind of. Because he wouldn't say gracias to someone else. Is it? It's I only because it's Oscar. It's debatable. Yeah. Uh, it's not, you know... What's malicious? The malicious. Yeah, it's not malicious. No, obviously not. But I don't know. I guess maybe. It depends. Yeah. And as soon as Dwight takes the teapot, Jim says, oh, you got to be kidding me. So we get a talking head with Dwight. He says that Yankee Swap 
is like Machiavelli meets Christmas. <laughs> Machiavelli would be proud, I suppose. <laughs> he would. <laughs> so we cut back to the circle, and Phyllis storms out into the break room. Michael asks, why is she so upset? Pam says it's because, probably because he hated her gifts so much. Everyone airs their grievances about their dislike <laughs> of Yankee Swap and that Michael shouldn't have spent more than the limit. And in his defense, Michael explains that he got a big bonus this year for firing Devin <laughs> and wanted to do something special for everyone. Oscar clarifies, you got a bonus check. Pam asks for how much? I think it's really ridiculous that Michael answers this question. Too. I do, too. So Michael's trying to like backpedal and making it seem like it's not that big of a deal. And then he lets out that it was $3,000 worth of a bonus. <laughs> At this point, Stanley kind of waves the wrapping paper in his hands yeah. and says, all right, I'm done now. He gets and up and storms off. Leaves the circle and everyone follows suit. Except for Meredith. Oh, really? She remains seated. I noticed that after everyone storms away, it's just Meredith sitting in the circle and Michael takes out his digital camera and just snaps a picture of her sitting there alone. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like, of all of the people, Meredith's probably least emotionally invested into just, I guess, the, the people generally in the office. Yeah. You know? She probably didn't really care that Devin got fired. No. Probably doesn't really care that Michael got a bonus as a result of it. No. Yeah. If anything, it, it, I would say if I was putting myself into that situation, I, I don't know that I would care as much as everybody besides Meredith seems to either, necessarily. Yeah. Unless I really love Devin. Maybe Devin is just a really was a great guy. And everybody, you know, <laughs> life of the party, life of the office. <laughs> Maybe. He was the spiritual and moral center, and <laughs> now he's gone. <laughs> so we get a talking head with Michael. He says, unbelievable. I do the nicest thing that anyone has ever done for these people. <laughs> and they freak out. Well, happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry your party's so lame. <laughs> we got to Michael at the liquor store. The total on the cashier, or on the register, rather, is 166 41 mm -hmm. Michael says, now you're the expert. Is this enough to get 20 people plastered? <laughs> And the guy looks at copious bottles of alcohol sitting on the counter, and he says, 15 bottles of vodka? Yeah, that should do it. <laughs> cool, cool, box it up. And I calculated it. It's, it comes out to about $11 per bottle. And they're not even bottles, they're handles. That's right. So and that's they're a all, real cheap oh, vodka. Yeah. They're all in plastic bottles. Uh-huh. And That's like Skull or something. Uh, and they're like taking shots of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Voila. Gross. Well, if you're at work. Yeah. I don't know why I noted this, but the liquor store guy is wearing a tie. I saw this too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and apparently in Pennsylvania, liquor is state run and the dress code requires the clerk to wear a necktie. Which is so ridiculous. It is very ridiculous. I mean, that's state run of, liquor. That's a very East Coast law. The necktie? Yeah. I guess so, but even just, so, it's just that to have the liquor board to have a dress code at all. I, I agree. At least anything that's beyond like pants and shoes it was, and shirt. It was probably during a time where someone who wasn't who didn't have 
the means to run a respectable liquor store, like couldn't afford a tie or some some crazy. So you know, not logic to, like you that. know, it's not a real liquor store if it's you know selling moonshine out of the back of a truck and yeah. they're not wearing a tie. Exactly. So we, <laughs> we cut to a disco ball on top of a stereo playing "We Wish You a Merry Christmas," a very jazzy rendition. Mm-hmm. And the camera zooms out, and we see Kevin standing next to it. And he's standing in his foot bath. Yep. <laughs> looking very content. And it's hilarious to me that he's standing in it and not just like sitting with his feet in a foot bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to do karaoke and he wants to use yeah, the foot bath. That's right. We kind of get the camera panning around the party. It's very dreary. No one's really having a good time. Mm-hmm. We see Jim negotiating with Dwight, trying to get the teapot back for Pam. And he's got shamrock keychain that he's trying to barter with dwight says no trades and he has just a mouth stuffed with food (laughs) jim says it'll bring him luck dwight says a real man makes his own luck billy Billy zane Zane, titanic (laughs) jim tries to explain that it has sentimental value dwight says no i want the i want the teapot jim says you don't even drink tea dwight says true but I do get sinus infections and sinus infections can be cured by making a tea with green tea leaf stems and pouring it directly into your nose like this. (laughs) He holds up the spout of the teapot to his right nostril and kind of scrunches up his nose. Yep. As he tilts his head back and Jim just watches on in defeat and disgust. We get a talking head with Jim to think that my gift for Pam will be used for that is just a little too much to handle. Cut to Pam and Roy checking out her iPod at her desk. She says, it's totally going to change the way she works out. Roy excitedly says that he was going to get her one for Christmas, and now he doesn't have to, and he'll save a ton of money. <laughs> Pam asks, what are you going to get me instead? He says, I don't know, maybe a sweater or something. <laughs> Pam obviously looks disappointed. I feel like there's no way he was going to buy her an iPod. Well, we find out, no, he wasn't. Yeah. Not in this episode, but in a later episode. Michael gets back to the office with his big old box of booze. Says, looks like Santa's been a little naughty. This is Christmas spirit, as in spirits. Booze. (laughs) Toby says, you know, we're really not supposed to serve alcohol. Michael points at him with one of the bottles. Says, zip it, Toby. I mean, it's a party. Come on. If I can't throw a good party for my employees, then I'm not a very good manager. Who wants a drink? Meredith, of course, quickly volunteers. We get a talking head with her. She's explaining that this is her last hurrah. She made a New Year's resolution that she'll no longer be drinking during the week. (laughs) (laughs) And now... Bob Vance enters the building. Hi, guys. Uh, Does everyone know my boyfriend, Bob Vance? Kevin Malone. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Stanley Hudson. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Ryan Howard. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. What line of work you in, Bob? (laughs) Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. That's also one of those like classic office moments. Yeah. You know, it's just that one little scene always sticks with you. So this is the first time we're meeting Bob Vance. He's played by Robert Ray Schaefer. 
sometimes credited as Bobby Ray Schaefer. Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray. Nice. Yeah. He's best known for playing Bob Vance, but he's also amassed a substantial cult following for his portrayal of Officer Ted Warnicky, or more commonly known as Joe Vickers, in the 1989 horror comedy Psycho Cop and the sequel Psycho Cop 2. Huh. Yeah. I never heard of those. Me either. To the list. Yeah, for real. It sounds like... uh, it's kind of a split personality deal if he has two names. I mean, I just guess. I assume that. Sounds like we've got a lot to learn about this actor, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Pam in the break room with Roy and Daryl. They're talking about sports. She's bored, obviously. Staring at the wall, despondent. She turns her head, looks out at the party. and She sees Dwight with the teapot. And all of a sudden, her face fills with regret. Mm-hmm. She didn't hold on to the teapot. At this point, Michael is in full swing party mode. He's taking his camera and snapping shots everywhere, hoping to catch people making out. Snaps a shot of Jim, looking upset on the couch. Calls him Ebenezer. Takes shots with a group of people, including Ryan, who wants to leave to go get more cups, because they're running out. And Michael says, no, 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 you can't leave. And then we see them all doing a shot. And he calls Ryan the king of the party planning committee. (laughs) Ryan declines the tile, says, I didn't really do much of anything. And Michael says, no, 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 no false modesty, my friend. (laughs) The camera pans over to Angela, who just looks super pissed. Then we see Jim walking up to Pam at her desk. He tells her that she doesn't have to answer calls during a party. She says she was just checking out her present. And she reveals that she now has the teapot. Jim had gotten for her. Jim is both confused and delighted. Pam explains that she traded with Dwight, that she felt bad that Jim had gone through all the trouble of getting it for her, and that Roy got her an iPod or was going to get her an iPod or something. Jim explains to her that this is an amazing gift because it comes with bonus gifts. Look inside. Pam's beaming as she opens the teapot. Very excited. Mm Mm-hmm. And the first thing she pulls out is the yearbook picture. And she's almost shaking. She's so so excited. We get a brief talking head. and Pam thinks she made the right choice. And we cut back to Pam pulling out more bonus gifts. And we see Jim on the sly taking back the card he had included in the box. And he slips it into his back pocket. What do you think she's going to do with that hot sauce packet? Probably throw it away. (laughs) Or is Jim? I love Jim, and I love Jim and Pam, their whole thing, but I feel like that's like one step down from like, Pam, this is a doll that I made of your hair that I collected yeah, over time. Absolutely. I was just going to say, <laughs> just going to say that Jim has his other remaining packet on his shrine of Pam buried in his closet. Oh, man. <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah. Do you think that's where he got the old, very frizzy haired picture of her that they use for the beans? <laughs> <laughs> the beans, the bonuses. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the party keeps on rolling. We see Dwight with his new iPod, and Michael explains to him that if it didn't go to Ryan, he's glad it went to Dwight. But before he can finish, Packer comes up behind him, puts him in a headlock. Merry Christmas, asswipe. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, my nerds? <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> he's 
points to mistletoe hanging on his belt buckle. And I guess the uh, mistletoe gag was influenced by a scene in the British office. Yeah, I saw that. Where someone puts a clown nose. It was Chris Finch, who's like the British version's equivalent of Packer. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Puts a clown nose on the crotch of his pants and approaches someone at the party and says, you want to give me a kiss on the nose? So I guess that's maybe what influenced Packer with the mistletoe. Yep. Uh, We get a quick shot of Kevin DJing with Daryl, bouncing to the beat behind him. Meredith is drunk dancing in front of the Christmas tree, and Packer gets up on that booty. Michael walks over to Daryl, hands him the hat, says he earned it. Daryl's hesitant to take it, but thanks him. Uh, Michael goes into his office and walks out with a lampshade on his head. We see Packer passed out, and Jim is filling the bald spot on his head with silly string. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny to me... You know, Packer's like a very abrasive and, I don't know, offensive guy. But then you see him sleeping there, and he looks very innocent. Well, he is unconscious. Yeah, I guess that's (laughs) true. It's just funny to see him that way to me. Yeah. Uh, We see Kevin putting photocopies of a butt. Whose butt is this? Around the office. (laughs) Ryan asks, whose is it? Kevin says it's his, and Ryan says, how did I not guess that? We see Dwight in the break room pouring himself some juice, and Kelly walks up. She just up and kisses him. She plants one on him. Yeah. Dwight says, what are you doing? She says, I don't know. Dwight looks around paranoid and says, you shouldn't do that. A man should do that. We see Angela has witnessed this event. Mm -hmm. A little insecure, but more angry than insecure, I would say. She storms out. We... Cut to Angela outside the warehouse entrance, smashing ornaments against the wall Mm -hmm. and screaming as she stomps the ones that didn't break. It's a very frustrated, primal scream. Mm -hmm. Cut back to the party. It's wrapping up. Kevin thanks Michael for the party. And Bob Vance invites everyone out to poor Richards. And they even extend the invitation to Michael, who is surprised and delighted. He's very happy. Very happy. We get a talking head with him, and he's explaining why Christmas is awesome. First, you get to spend time with the people you love. Second, you can get drunk, and no one can say anything. Third, you get to give presents. And fourth, you get presents. Four things. Not bad for one day. It really is the greatest day of all time. And we get one final clip to close out the episode. (laughs) Hey, Meredith. Heading over to Poor Richards? Yep. Cool, cool, cool. You need a ride? (sighs) All right, let's head out. Sounds good. Do you have a coat? Yeah. Okay. Another classic office scene. Yep. For any <laughs> listeners that don't remember, that was Meredith flashing Michael and his subsequent reaction. You know, I don't even know if I would call that flashing. She's straight up propositioning him without words. Well, yeah. Yeah. But using, I mean, 
I guess that's the manner in which she's doing it. It's not like a girl's gone wild, like, woo! But, like, yeah, no, I mean, she just yeah, takes her but, shirt off. So, yeah, it's definitely a proposition. Yeah. I would, like, flashing, you just, like, <laughs> briefly show them and then cover yeah. them up again. Like, Meredith's just straight up getting naked for mm-hmm. Michael. <laughs> and that was... Oh. Quiz time. What does he do with that picture that he takes? We find out later in the series exactly what he did. I don't remember. Oh. He pasted a picture to the bulletin board with a caption that read, Gross! (laughs) I don't remember that. Yeah, we find that out from uh, Meredith in the episode that they talk about her drinking. Uh Oh. Yep. Right. That was one of the reasons (laughs) that she get listed off as to why she drinks. (laughs) Wow, what a crazy thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) It was Michael. Yeah. Well, so that's it. That's it. Christmas episode. Christmas in June. Yep. Well, for us. Yeah. It was Christmas time when this was aired, but mm-hmm. it's weird covering it literally furthest away you could possibly be. Yeah. In the year. I mean, I doubt many of the Christmas episodes we cover will be done on Christmas. We might hit one or two. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. So, who rated first last time? We're going to move on to ratings. Let's move on to ratings. Ratings. I went first last time. Damn it. I mean, that's always how it's going to go. Damn it. Yeah. It's on you. Well, that's fitting that when one of us does the description, the other one goes first. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. I guess I'll start with the office MVP. Okay. I think I'm going to give it to Michael. I feel like he really kind of carries this episode. There's not a whole lot going on. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that kind of happens, but it all happens as a result of him. Yeah. And he's the one being the most ridiculous throughout the episode. It's true. Maybe I'll just give it to him for that noise that he makes when Meredith propositions him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. You got a coat? <laughs> and as far as rating the episode... I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of scenes, like you were pointing out, just classic office moments, and I agree with you there, Mm -hmm. that stick out to me. But as far as episodes go, like looking at it aside from meaningful moments and just as an episode of TV, you know, it didn't do it for me as much on this watch through as other ones have done, which I wasn't really expecting. So with that in mind, I think I'm going to give this episode seven foot baths out of ten. All right. I like it. I agree with a lot of what you had to say. There was, yeah, again, my rating would be lower had there not been those classic moments of Bob Vance introducing himself. and Yeah, the teapot. That's a fun scene, even if Jim is being really kind of creepy. Right. I think. I mean, my favorite scene with the teapot is when Dwight uses it as a neti pot. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Just the <laughs> shot of him and the expression he's yeah. making as he's tilting his head back. But we get that fun. we get that little talking head exchange between Jim and Creed. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, 
And uh, I also like, I feel like we get a lot more character, not growth from Meredith. We get more characterization of Meredith in this episode. We do. Which is why I'm giving her my MVP of the episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I like her drunken dancing. I like in that deleted scene when Dwight's explaining that he's not a very good drunk. Oh, yeah. We see her just <laughs> we going see her nuts. just going bananas in the background <laughs> dancing to the music. Yep. Uh, she booty dances with Packer a little bit. And propositions Michael. Propositions Michael. Defends so. Phyllis. Uh-huh. And I also emotionally. like I also like her explanation of this being her last hurrah before she yeah. quits drinking during weekdays. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna give it to Meredith this week. Nice. And as far as episode rating goes, I'm gonna give it six out of ten. Six jazz babies. Wow. Yeah. Six jazz babies. I really did not like writing the outline for this episode. It just felt very, and then this happened, and then this happened, yeah. and then this happened, and then this happened. And it's all like very just dialogue-driven without anybody really doing anything besides just kind yeah. of sitting there. Yeah. It's like if you have to describe 12 Angry Men to somebody, all you can really do is just kind of go through it line by line. There's not much, you're not given any other options. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes it hard. It does. It does. And uh, honestly, of all of the Christmas episodes that this series puts out, I think this, this the is the weakest. Yeah. I agree. Because I was thinking about that, too, when I was watching this episode overall. I was like, I don't love this. It's like, is it because it's a Christmas episode? And I was like, some of my favorite episodes are other Christmas mm-hmm. episodes in this series. So yeah. That's not it at all. Right. Yeah. I really like hurt, petulant Jesus when he comes around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even to, anytime michael is santa it's always great and uh-huh. like he there was only one scene in this episode where he was wearing the beard and that's when he busts in the conference room to yeah. talk to the party planning committee and that was that moment was you know kind of funny but still not to the level he reaches in subsequent christmas episodes so yeah i feel like michael too it's this episode strikes me, I mean, besides the Christmas timing, you know, obviously it was aired exactly when it was supposed to air, but Michael feels more like almost like a season one Michael than season two Michael. Yeah. And that happens from time to time. I feel like the other episodes so far in this season, I would say felt more like season one was the fire. Yeah. And I feel like those two, yeah, I feel like you could put those in the first season and you wouldn't really miss a beat. It's true. Yeah. So, Merry Christmas, paper people. Yes. (laughs) That's all we got. (laughs) And a happy new year. Yes. Check us out on social media. You know the drill. Yeah. We're uh, still going strong in our review challenge. We've had a couple more reviews since, since we launched. So, that's true. We have. Keep it up, everybody. Yeah. We're digging the feedback. And if you want a sticker, if you yeah. have a sticker, uh, shoot us your address or let us know uh, where we could send that. Out of paperpod at gmail.com. Yeah. We'll send you one post haste. Indeed. I, I love that phrase. It's a good phrase. Post haste. Yeah. Let's get it done. Post haste. It's not a bad band name. No? I mean, I, th- I, I kind of like it. Do it. Post haste.
Does your band have a name? We don't. Post haste. I'll I'll suggest it. I'll see I'll see what comes of it. Our our drummer is very stubborn, and it's very hard to get him to agree to a name. We seem to like break through every once in a while, and then he sits on it for a week and then poo poos it. Very frustrating. Is I just, he the band leader? I mean, he would like to think so. And at a certain point, it's like we've got to come up with something that he likes. I mean, I guess we could you know, vote him down, but I, I'd kind of like it to be something that all of us are into. How about this? Just kick out the drummer. I'll learn to play drums. I got you. <laughs> how, how long can it take to learn to play drums from scratch? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I seemingly have no natural rhythm, but I'm sure I could pick it up pretty quick. <laughs> well, I'll let you audition. I'll get the other band band members together and we'll see. I've still got to audition to be the singer. Maybe you'll do both. I could do both. There like are. Kevin. Yeah, there yeah. are there are drummer slash singers. Oof. Yeah. All right. Your life is about to change, Dan. I don't think it is. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> well, we'll see. All right, paper people. We'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for hanging out. Catch you on the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. Out of paper. Out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Come like a Stanley, Jim DeWine and Creek. Call Indian Kelly for your business paper needs. Call Dunder Mifflin. People, persons, paper, people. Dunder Mifflin. People, persons, Out of Paper is not endorsed by DLD Productions or NBC and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The Office, the Office logo, and all character, pictures, and audio of The Office are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their registered copyright holders.